are listening to Staggering Stories 311, probably the best podcast in the world. Welcome, welcome, dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Crumbly. I'm Adam. And I am just Keith. You may have noticed we're a bit thin on the ground tonight. Yeah, both so. fake Keith and Gene are suffering from an existential crisis. Oh. oh. Yes. Stephen is working. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. Stephen is working. And Scott. Who knows? <laughs> Alas, poor Scott. I, yeah. we, it's too painful. We don't mention. <laughs> They're still sponging him off the walls. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we just all run around shouting and waving our arms. You know, yeah. yeah so we'll just give the illusion there's more of us here. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. When you're suitably clothed. Sorry, yes. (laughs) I'll be back in a minute then. Oh, I can't. Anyway, without further ado, abbreviated podcasters besides, it's the news with El Presidente. You might need to put some more applause in there. (laughs) (laughs) James Gunn, back from Mouse Hell. Dun, dun, dun. The Guardians of the Galaxy film mastermind, James Gunn, had been rehired by Disney to finish off his trilogy. Disney fired the Gunn last year after a politically motivated smear campaign against the writer-director saw the House of Mouse collapse in panic. Gunn's poor taste joke tweets from nearly a decade ago certainly did him no credit, but he had already publicly apologised some years Mm. ago. Excuse me, uh, the collapse of the House of Mouse, is is that a bit like the fall of the House of Usher? Probably. Probably more money involved. Yeah, Yeah, true. More furry suits. (laughs) More gold rattling around as well. More frozen heads. Yes. (laughs) Or so they say. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Gunn reiterated his apologies at the time of his firing. Nonetheless, he accepted the situation with grace, never publicly saying a bad word against Disney, Marvel, or the people behind the public attack. Now, about eight months after his firing, Disney has quietly rehired Gunn, seemingly after failing to find a suitable replacement. Such was support for Gunn that many potential directors publicly ruled themselves out in solidarity. Mm. The cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy went so far as to collectively issue an open letter in support of their writer-director. The most outspoken member... Dave Batista said he tried to find a way out of his contract if Gunn's already written script for the third film wasn't used. Disney promised it would be, despite firing Gunn from directorial duties. His first tweet, since the dust settled many months ago, Gunn said, I am tremendously grateful to every person out there who has supported me over the past few months. I am always learning and will continue to work at being the best human being I can be. I deeply appreciate Disney's decision and I am excited to continue making films that investigate the ties of love that bind us all. Kinky. <laughs> I, have been, I have been and continue to be incredibly humbled by your love and support from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Love to you all. Aww, love Aww. Not the top of his heart, it's the bottom of his heart. <laughs> oh, bless. The, the trashy bit, the dirty yeah, bit. Of the, yeah. oh, okay. Some tweets of support included Peyton Reed, director of both Ant-Man films, posted a photo with Gunn and the words, Welcome back, James. Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi joked, What the hell? I thought I was going to do it. Karen Gillan simply tweeted, We are Groot. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was on indefinite hold, but even with this news, it must wait until Gunn finishes his duties on DC's Suicide Squad 2. DC were very quick to snap him up. I'm wondering if that has also something to do with the mouse's decision. Mm, The fact that technically he's gone straight to the opposition. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, uh, DC, DC Universe, uh, yeah, yeah, DC Warner Brothers didn't mind a jot. About no, his, no, uh, they, they they snapped him up almost immediately, and right. and like, as I was saying earlier, like they've uh, what he's done with the Marvel um, Guardians of the Galaxy property, yeah, taken it from a third rate, yeah. fourth rate comic book. Well, I don't know, but it's only obscure. Yeah, mm. I never heard of them. Well, yeah. Not until uh, to, you know, the actual movies. Huh? Until till this 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 powerhouse. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which has had influence over 
many a film, including Captain Marvel. Yeah. Massively. And Infinity War and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's basically where the first film, where all the Infinity film, where stones were explained. Yeah. Although the other films, I think Guardians of the Galaxy, have been linchpins for certainly the Infinity Stone side mm. of the. Oh, yeah. Good grief, yeah. This mm-hmm. is this whole current phase, yeah. Yeah. Well, primarily the Avengers movies. Yeah. Where they yeah. do feature predominantly. Yeah. 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 I think there may have been, sort of, when they found out that he was doing Suicide Squad, there may have been major. Of, uh, <laughs> major eruptions. Eruptions in, yeah, in various offices. I'm pretty sure that Kevin Feige and the Marvel people never want him to leave. No, oh, God, I think no. they've been fighting his corner quietly. No, I, yeah, I, I think time. they have. I, I think it was the upper echelon, excellons of Disney yeah, oh yeah. who um, didn't want anything search, besmirching their good name. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, as it, was sent, as it was said, it's a smear campaign from something that happened over 10 years ago yeah, well, that he apologised yeah, for. Nearly a decade. Ago, yeah, yeah, that he apologised for over ten years ago. Not quite that long ago, but certainly but, before but, he started working for Marvel. Yeah, yeah. he apologised for it and then apologised for again when mm-hmm. it rebroke. I think it's great news. Oh uh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Only one person I wanted to finish that trilogy, and it was him. Yeah, the cast were the same, and everybody wanted Gun back. Well, it's, Finally, uh, he's back. The, the second one was on a par with the first. Oh yeah. Anyway, Game of Thrones extra long for fans' pleasure. Oh dear. The final season of HBO Game of Thrones series is due to start in only a few weeks. It's a shame Karen isn't here. Yeah, for this no, one. No. On the 14th of April 2019, though there are only six episodes, the final three have been in. Gorged to a most monstrous proportion. Adam. <laughs> the first three come in about an hour long, give or take a few minutes, and that's a real hour, not 40-odd minutes that a lot of US networks claims is an hour long. Mm-hmm. After that, the final three ramp up to about 80 minutes. Whilst this isn't quite feature length, it should be enough to satisfy many. Mm. Who's taken bets mm. on the Iron Throne being melted to slag by a dragon? Mm. 80 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, is that classed as feature length no, or is it... Uh, it's just under. So. Just mm. under. However... 90th of minimum is yeah. a feature length. However, I was reading somewhere that there's only something like 432 minutes of Game of Thrones left. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have to add it up, but yeah, yeah, I think I think that's, that's about right. That's what I read. It's somewhere in the region of four hundred and thirty-two. Still quite a lot. Yeah, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. American Gods third season confirmed. Mm. If the large gap between seasons one and two were of concern, then worry no more. American Gods is getting a third and also yet another showrunner because it, that's its thing. Yeah. Brian Fuller and Michael Green brought us season one. They controversially left, prompting one or two cast members to do the same, with Jesse Alexander and Neil Gaiman himself taking over for season two. Now Alexander has left and Charles Sheik Egli <laughs> is apparently showrunning season three, once again alongside Gaiman. The latter said of this... I'm thrilled American Gods has been renewed for a third season. And even more thrilled that I'm getting to work on it with Sheik Egli. Sheik is the best partner in crime. We've been working for weeks now on the shape of the season. And I'm delighted that he gets to carry the American Gods' torch onto glory. Mm. Mm. Egli's previous work includes the likes of The Shield, Dexter and The Walking Dead. Mm. There is no word yet on a release date for Season 3, but as Season 2 has only just started, that shouldn't be a concern for anyone. Mm. It's good to hear that they finally seem to have gotten some of their problems behind them, at least. Yeah. Even if it does mean a new showrunner yet again. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, STD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a problem with American uh, series at the moment, it seems. Yeah, if things aren't working, first choice is to uh, yeah. boot the showrunner. Boot the showrunner out. <laughs> yeah. As I said before, things usually don't hit their stride until the middle of or the end of the second season. It's a very rare for a show to come in that's everything's in place. Yeah, and when that does happen, usually it falls off a cliff. Yeah. After the <laughs> first season. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, Any addendums? Yes. I have Any an addendum. I have an addendum. Oh, good, good. Mm, only, only the one, I'm afraid. Oh. I've got to find it again because I lost it. Ah. There it is. <laughs> Button Man. Button Moon? Button Moon. No, no. Button Man. Okay. Brian Hingleland has signed on to direct a film adaptation of John Wagner and Arthur Ransom's graphic novel, Button Man, The Killing Game, for Netflix. 
Oh, Gator. Never this, heard of it. I've this heard of Ransom. Was, but. Yeah, this was originally serialised in 2000 AD in the mid 80s. Oh, okay. That's, that's the only reason, because I remember reading this. Ah. I, that's the well, only reason why I. Really I dug this up from there. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I point it out. Well, I, I think it's one of the ones that the properties that Rebellion are trying to, okay. to push and sell. Yeah, I wonder how the Dread thing's coming along. I haven't oh. heard anything about that for a while. I haven't heard anything like that. Oh, no. so it's going to be Carl Urban again? I don't know. I don't know at the moment. Mm, Um, The story follows an ex-military contractor for hire by billionaires to complete in a series of death matches. Okay. So we'll we'll see what happens. Pete Davidson does a theme tune. (laughs) (laughs) Button man. (laughs) No, no. But that, that, I'm afraid, is the only addendum I have for the evening. Wow, okay. It's going to be a quick one. Yeah, it's going to be a quick one. Dear listeners, thanks to the wonder that is the internet, the the interweb and things like that, we've been able to bring the dulcet tones of Jean and others to present her riveting review of Captain Marvel, the movie. We'll continue after she's finished. Yes, eventually. And all the the musings. Hi, it's Jean again. Hello. Captain Marvel, the film. I kind of saw there was a lot of negative press about this (laughs) on Facebook and other social media. Before the film was even released, I decided I'm not even going to entertain that. I'm not going to look onto it at all. Some of it, I think, was on the basis of, I hate to use the word, misogynism, and some of it was just ignorance. So I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel. I like the comic, the Marvel comics, etc., but I'm not a big aficionado. I knew Captain Marvel existed. I know that he originally was with DC and got moved around and eventually became a Marvel franchise yeah. where he yeah. became a she. Not the same character, I think. There's a whole load of DC things about it. It's the same it? character and copyrights and all the rest of it. Yep. But from the, from the Marvel universe, Captain Marvel has always been female. But like Superman, the level of powers that the character was given... It's difficult to use them, yeah. you know, unless yeah. you suddenly invent the equivalent of kryptonite in heaven knows what. You've got a character that is basically almost undefeatable. How do you write for that kind of character? So I I think there is, was a perception, though not necessarily a reality, of there is an, an interest in female superheroes. But I suspect there was also a large percentage of that in terms of the comic book side of things was the fact that you had this, I won't say overpowerful character, but you had this immensely powerful character. Mm. In terms of this film... I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went in, as I say, not knowing a lot about the character, not knowing about what backstory they're going to give give her. I know that most of the characters have two or three versions. Before I get on to the main part of the story, I loved the Stanley um, intro at the very, very oh, beginning. Yeah. Yep. Which is where they play the Marvel as if it's a flicker book and yep. form up the word Marvel and it's all his little tableaus of appearances, which I thought was a very nice touch. And then his guest appearance on the tube train. I know he'd recorded several different guest appearances to be put into upcoming films. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this was recorded before or after he passed away. I think it's probably recorded before he died. Either yeah. way, uh, I would dead. just love Stanley. Yeah. The story itself, I was pleasantly surprised that unlike the last few, this wasn't a relative, brother, sister, uncle, (laughs) distant relative from God knows where, trying to take over the planet, take over your tribe, take over your what have you. I liked both Black Panther and Aquaman. Uh, Yeah, it was a very similar story. We've had that kind of trope on a few of them now. Infinity War, I suppose. Got it, yeah. Bad guys, good guys, same side of the same family. Got the trope, thank you very much. (laughs) I liked the fact with this, the character didn't know who she was. She knew there was something else there. And as the viewer for the first time, you 
learning about her, the, the, the backstory, the hidden dreams, the manipulation was coming out. And I, like her, I didn't know which side were the good guys and which side were the bad guys for a long way through it. Mm. Um, do we trust the query? Do we trust the other lot? It, it was all very confusing, but not in a negative way, as in, oh, I don't get what's going on, as in that, well, you got to choose a side almost make sure it's the right one i liked also for the fact that most of this film they did pull back on her powers because of that inhibitor which gave you something to actually throw through the film how it's going to fit in with the next avengers ensemble they have shown that she's not totally impervious in that you know she does get hit she can get thumped and what have you but it, it doesn't tend to knock her out too much i uh, it's going to be interesting how captain marvel works in the in the avengers assemble without just taking yeah. over and solving the problems with one flash of her glowing eyes and etc <laughs> i also like the fact that for a long time you you're giving the impression she isn't human. She's an alien because of the blue blood and everything else. And the, the creation myth unravels that for a long part of it, I thought she was Marvel's daughter or something like that that had been brought along. It really wasn't till you see the catalyst that gave her her powers that you realise, oh, OK, this isn't what I was expecting. You might want to play spoiler music at some point before this review, I've just realised. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I loved Samuel L. Jackson acting 20 odd years younger than he is or 30 or whatever it was and it was nice to see the first interaction with Colston as well yeah Colston yeah and I want Goose yeah. I shall want goose. The flurky. I can see why people won't trust cats, but can I have a goose, please? <laughs> <laughs> that cat was brilliant. And um, CG I done. can't <laughs> say that Fury's ever going to reveal why. <laughs> why everything happened at the end. As he says, yeah, he, he won't deny the story of the quill in his eye. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw this on the big, big, big screen. Our local cinema has something called Screen X, which is almost the size of an old-style cinema screen before they split them, and it has side bits. Mm, Didn't necessarily need the side bits, but it was nice to have a full-size big screen. I get the feeling there was still a lot going on I missed, and Mm. I probably will actually be going back to see this one because it caught me enough of the story. There was humour in it, I also felt that it was very akin to some degree like Wonder Woman in that the character isn't being belittled or written down to, but isn't necessarily artificially being made to be more than she is. She gets knocked back, she gets up. (laughs) She joins the army, they take all the Air Force. She's not given the opportunity or she's taken the mickey out of or what have you but not in not in a provocative turn just in the way it was back then yeah she wasn't allowed to fight on the front yes women are not going to become test pilots but she still gets the opportunity because she's going not through the official routes to test something out and that's more how it worked at the beginning but I think they got the treatment of Carol as she was when she was a human quite accurate for for the situations and, and life at the time yeah so i i enjoyed this one of the more interesting creations i think even more so because i did not know that much about the characters i liked both of the end of credit scenes mm-hmm. obviously one of them ties us back into the avengers assemble mm-hmm. the very very last one everyone that owns a cat as soon as that cat came mm-hmm. up and started licking its lips whilst you didn't know what was going to fully happen you sitting again he's going to throw something up he's going to throw up <laughs> cat owners of the world know that not but uh no no i i enjoyed this if you liked wonder woman i think you will like this yeah if you didn't like wonder woman because of the fact of a a strong female superhero more problem you but you aren't gonna like this (laughs) because it's it's much of the same if you like a good adventure story where the, the gender of the, the lead character is actually quite irrelevant. This could be this could have been a male character as much as it's female character. If you just want a good action story that's about an Avengers character, again, this is one for you. It didn't wave any feminist flag or anything else, which is what I liked. 
because I get how some people, without getting into the politics here, I get why some people, and I'm sorry, mainly male, are kind of like, oh my God, women are trying to take over the universe. I also get why there are a lot of female activists that are like, hang on, there's how many male superhero characters can we not have some? There's how many male spies or whatever can we not have some? I get why both sides of those arguments I just want to be entertained. I want to see characters I can relate to, male or female. And in this, there were characters I could relate to, male or female. People were being deceitful. People were being deceived. It was people acting out as they behaved in reality, even though some of them aren't human. And I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And this has gone on far longer than I intended. (laughs) So um, I shall sign off. Bye-bye. Bye. Right. It's difficult to follow that because she covered all the <laughs> main all the bases, pertinent, yeah. pertinent points. <laughs> Pretty much, but we can give our little opinions yeah, on it. Yeah. No, I, I did enjoy this film immensely. I yeah. knew a little bit more about the background because of my long lost and distant youth was with Marvel Comics. Mm, right. so mm. I knew the Cree. I knew the ah. I knew mm. the what was it? These um scrolls. The scrolls. scrolls yeah. it, it was interesting fact that the scrolls I believe I could be mistaken, but I believe the scrolls were a major bad guy for the Fantastic Four. I think that's where they first appeared. That's yeah. where they first appeared. Mm. And so so I was expecting yes the they they're the bad guys. It was yeah. quite an interesting flip around for them at this point being the persecuted race. Yeah. Oh, whether whether they'll change in the future is another matter. But, I've heard hmm. of the Kree and the Skrulls. The actual character of uh, you know, Captain Marvel is a new one to me. Yeah. No, no, I, I've... I mean, so when did she first appear? Oh, I don't know. I don't know when she first appeared in, the cu- in her mm-hmm. current form as in Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. I know that we've had at least two Captain Marvels and currently we have a Ms. Marvel Ms. In, in the comic strip or Miss yeah. Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know what time or, or what period Carol Danvers first yeah. appeared. Because there's Captain Marvel, the DC version. Yeah. yeah. And Captain Marvel, the uh, Marvel version, which, yeah. yes, I imagine, if not properly contained, would have a few lawsuits flying mm-hmm. around. Yeah. 1977, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. Yeah. All right. Which I think is Captain Marvel's original name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, the comics, but I had vaguely heard of Captain Marvel. I knew there was some issue with DC. Mm. Yeah. They bought a character called Marvel, didn't they? Well, sure yeah. It's Captain Marvel or what? But There was, I think it was back in the 60s or back in the 50s, there was a, a comic strip or mm, comic book yes. that went mm. bust and these character or character names came up for auction as if trying to buy all the original comic yeah. book Solidation out of debt. Comic yeah, book one thing I've noticed, I mean, I've also noticed this with Black Panther as well. Hmm. Um, because Captain Marvel is coming up in the impending um, sequel to uh, the Infinity Wars. Yes. They have had to sort of bring out an origin story. Mm. That's the big unfortunate thing with comic book films. Half of them are origin films. Yeah. Mm, there are so yeah. many characters that have to be introduced, even more so if you count Spider-Man. Every <laughs> film which is an origin film. Which, which, which yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's only about sort of seven, was it, uh, how many how many weeks or months until the release of um, Infinity Wars 2? April. Yeah, April, so, yeah, so yeah. not long. Yeah. yeah, so obviously Marvel had their work cutting, yeah, cut out in order to um, introduce a principal character for the, um, yeah, for the sequel to Infinity Wars. They've done that simply because I think Marvel... Captain Marvel is going to play a significant has mm, to play a significant yeah, she's part. Playing a pivotal, yeah, but a role in it, yeah. on, on a not flip, for that film so much as for the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh-huh. on on the flip side is that but you will be the, the latest incarnation of Spider Man. They didn't do an introduction actually, story. They, did. they didn't do it. Yeah, they, he, didn't he was, redo it in Civil War. He was just there. Yes, yeah, so we don't actually yeah. know how his origin differs from the other yeah. origins versions of that sort of Spider Man. As, but, yeah. as, as, it as it's been done so many times and so recently. Mm, yeah. yeah but there again, I don't think they needed to. They yeah. didn't. No. Which was a mistake that they included for the Batman film, Batman v Superman. I know it was in the credits, but they included a Batman origin in that film, yeah. which was mm. everyone knows. You don't need to do that. No, it's, no. it's a shorthand. You just introduce. Mm. Anyway, sorry. But Captain Marvel, you did need that because nobody Marvel, knows you Captain did. Marvel. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, obviously, with the sort of Spider Man, everyone knows his origin story. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's been brought up to date with sort of, you know, sort of genetically modified Spider 
as opposed to a radioactive yeah. one. Yeah. It was interesting to compare this to Wonder Woman. Mm. They tried very hard not to make Wonder Woman a sexualised character. Yeah. But still, she was more so than Captain Marvel, I would say. I, I, I would say, yes, I would say they were successful-ish in the Wonder Woman film. Mm-hmm. Less so when they in- reintroduced her in the Justice League. Oh, right. Uh, I don't even really remember that. Yeah. No, no. Uh, the Amazonians were suddenly wearing short, short uh, skirts. Mm, okay. And- yeah. Yeah, she was showing off her legs even in um, in her own film. Anyway. Yeah, whereas Captain Marvel is a more androgynous title for a superhero anyway. And And she's got no... Yeah, she hasn't got cleavage on show. She hasn't got Mm. legs or midriff. Mm. Uh, She hasn't even got a love interest. Unless you include Goose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they completely sidelined that entire minefield, which I thought was rather clever. Mm. Yeah. I think it's the fact that she's introduced as part of this alien organisation. Yeah. Which, again, is military, but it could have been... Yeah. You mentioned the Kree as well. The only reason I know the Kree is from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ronan, who yeah, it appears, the, him and uh, Korath. A, yeah, a few old faces we recognise. Yeah. Yes. At yeah. their height, unlike when Guardians of the Galaxy, they've already, they're already outlawed. Mm. Yeah. Where at yeah. the moment they're working within Kree society, Kree, well, they are the major governors. Yeah, because we had um, uh, Jimon, uh, what's his name, Jimon Honshu. Yeah, Korath. Yes, yeah, Korath, yes. Yes. So I don't know where that's going to go. Presumably the follow-up film will deal with the events which see the uh, downfall of the Kree. Possibly. And the reason why they strike up a, a peace deal yeah. with the Nova Corps or whatever they are. Nova Corps. They were, um, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Not infractions. Uh, embargoes placed upon them by the looks of the Guardians of the Galaxy film. Yeah, things have certainly gone badly yes. for the Kree. Yeah. And maybe Supreme Intelligence is gone, I don't know. Yeah, or, you don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I, I expect the next film would have Captain Marvel involved in that. Possibly. Pivotal in the, the Kree's downfall. Well, again, it depends when the next Marvel film is set, because this is set late 80s, early 90s? 95. 95. 95. Mid-90s. Oh, I corrected. A little small shout-out to Blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is now down to one store in Oregon. Mm, I think, yeah, I'm not sure where, but there's one left, I think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was nice to see um, Agent Coulson again. Yes. They're looking very youthful. His was, I think, less successful than Samuel L. Jackson. I think he was. I think he was. Well, he looked a little bit of, plasticky. They had to sort of digitally youth... Um, They're getting pretty good at it. Yeah. Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah you could see Nick Fury back as a major character. He's, he started off as a bit of a background character, then he became a fairly major character in the first Avengers film, I yeah. you. And then he's vanished again. Yeah. Uh, credit where credit is due, that is quite a lot like the Nick Fury from the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> he, he is a... a a secret background character that every now and again will become main focus for whatever reason. No, oh, okay. Also, I want to give a shout out to Ben Mendelsohn, who played the Chief Scroll. I can't remember the character's name. But I thought he did a really good job. Oh, at the beginning, you absolutely because he's he always plays bad guys. Yeah, he, he was the oh, Talos. He was yeah. from Rogue One, wasn't he? He was the the director. Krennic, yeah, yeah, and thought, also uh, Ready Player One, and yeah. Uh, Bloodline, oh, if you've right, seen... Yeah. yeah, he's been in everything. Yeah. But he always plays a, a slightly <laughs> questionable <laughs> character. Yeah. Shifty. And it's nice here, they see it subverted. Yeah. And he had a real great sense of humour about him too. Particularly once he was full, unmasked. As full a, crew. As a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. it. This one actually subverts quite a lot of expectations, but does it in a good way. Yeah. Does it in not a way where you're going, no, that doesn't seem right to me. That seems false. Everything flowed yeah. for me anyway there was no hang on a minute plot holes <laughs> no no and lots of nice setup for things which come in the future that we've either already seen yeah or we can assume it's going to be coming or will be coming yeah 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 so notice it's sort of set in 1995 yeah yeah so obviously sort of earth hasn't been exposed to any any major extraterrestrial sort of conflict or no, uh, it's in, not so. to our knowledge no. at the moment mm-hmm. so yeah it's all fresh and new Mm-hmm. Yeah, though so presumably Captain America is out there frozen. Yeah, yeah, he's still in an ice cube at the moment. So. Yeah, and at the end, of course, we have Nick Fury starting up the Avengers mm. project. Then yes. you don't actually see him type Avengers. No, you see the close up of her plane yeah, with her uh, call sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... Avenger, which is a nice explanation of why they're called the Avengers. Yes, there's no real reason. They're not well, Avenger anything. Yeah, it mm-hmm. went in Iron Man in the after credits of Iron Man. It was called the Avenger Initiative. So yeah. Avengers has always been mm. there. Yeah. yeah, but in a slightly is, different form. But yeah. 
this is the reason for it. Yeah. The reason it's called that. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Finally got a somewhat logical reason, although <laughs> retroactive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the point of doing something in the past if you can't tweak it? <laughs> yeah, indeed. I, like Jean, my concern for the future is, is she too powerful? She Captain is. Marvel. And so I, mm. I haven't followed the Captain Marvel comics, so I don't too sure of my Marvel history but to all intents and purposes she is the Marvel version of Superman Supergirl maybe given she's called Danvers yeah yeah. not Kara but Carol Carol yeah (laughs) I don't know quite the hell that happened they've got the same surname (laughs) I don't know what came first I couldn't say I don't know Mm, again another DC Marvel thing yeah what's going on there again who ripped who off first yeah I don't know (laughs) (laughs) so what are they going to do to keep her powers if she is going to be as sure as she is going to be a major part of the film's coming coming up yeah not just end game but also potentially replacing captain america possibly mm. likely captain america is gonna end in the next film one way or another yeah. likewise iron man's probably gonna be replaced with uh strange yeah roughly mm. speaking yeah, dr stranger mm. yeah some sort of personality so it's gonna be a whole new team and she's gonna be the most powerful member of that well team. again it mm. depends how much they use her in what context they use mm. her. The only reason she's appearing now is because she's so powerful. She's a last resort ticket. What we've had so far is what Earth can deal with, what we can deal with, admittedly with superhumans, uh, super-powered people. Yeah. But mm. it's because the, the threat of Thanos is so exponentially greater. Oh, wiped out half the yeah, exactly. <laughs> universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going back to what you were saying previously, I mean, there is very much a shift in the dynamic of who the Avengers will be. Well, you have characters like um, Iron Man, you know, the Hulk and Captain America. They're all you know, sort of gradually being phased out. And I have to say, so we've, seen, we've already seen the new team as such in the form of um, you know, Vision, who else? Uh, Falcon. I'm not sure if Vision was fired back. We've got mm. Ant-Man, we've, mm. we've got Ant-Man. Black Panther, mm. all these new characters. Mm. We, we, we've already already had that hinted at at the end of Age of Ultron. Mm, yes. Mm. When they moved into the new building yeah, and you saw, admittedly, it's still with, it was still with Captain America and Black Widow, mm-hmm. but yeah, you saw the group training, these mm, new people yeah. training. So yeah, but- it's been hinted at. Yeah. Talking about Black Widow, isn't she getting her own film as well, finally? Rumour has it, yes. This is the 21st film yeah. in Marvel's yeah. official uh, pantheon. And, and only now have we got a, a female and, hero as the main character. And <laughs> also, pretty, um, pretty really, but. Endgame, it will be the Phase 3, which is what they had planned to. When they first started doing Iron Man, they had only planned to the end of uh, Infinity War, end of that two-parter film. So, Clearly and, along the way they started... It's been popular. I'm not saying they haven't, but I'm yeah. saying this section of films now is with the was the initial vision. Yeah, to, over to, over Leading ten years up ago to uh, mm. Infinity War. Yeah. yeah, yeah, clearly. So I I don't know what's going to happen now. Where it's oh. going to go? Whether it's still going to have the same drive, the same level of excitement? I expect it will. They've not gone wrong so far. No, no, if they Kevin haven't. Feige's still behind it. I think. Yeah, but I you, this, this is it. How, how long can he or Will he be willing to continue? Well, if he's got ideas. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. But we should give another quick shout out to uh, Stanley, I think. Oh, yes. What definitely. a great opening. I would like to point out is Morass. when Kevin Smith, the director Kevin Smith, Morass. saw that, it was his script. So uh, basically what Stanley is doing is rehearsing the Morat script, mm. which is initially his first ever cameo. From 1995. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True believer. Mm. He's off directing. Uh, DC stuff a few Supergirl I think so TV episodes TV, uh, on the TV side yes yeah. so next time the end of many heroes probably mm-hmm. there's a, a little meme I've seen on Facebook this year it shows the final game of thrones which Stark will survive you've hmm. got a picture of Arya Stark Sansa Stark Bran Stark mm. Tony, Tony Stark, Stark. <laughs> <laughs> none of the above <laughs> <laughs> all or none yeah yeah <laughs> Dear listeners, once again, it is time for us all to discuss what has been washed up, both literary and auditory, on our shores in another round of Flotsam and Jetsam. (laughs) 
Andy, what have you been watching, listening, soaking and absorbing? <laughs> absorbing. Well, reading, first of all, I've finally come to the end of the Amtrak Wars. So oh, yes. It's, mm, yeah, oh, it's yeah. a very good, very good series of books. But the thing is, it ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> and you're sitting there thinking, we want more. But what? the only thing is, um, you know, sort of Patrick Tilly, he originally wrote those series of novels back in the 80s. And sort of, he's now in his 80s now. Yeah. So I find it highly unlikely there is going to be a satisfying climax yeah. to the series. Mm. He's too old for that. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I do recommend the Amtrak Wars. The series of books I'm going to be picking up next are the Hope series by the American author David Feintouch. Um There's Midshipman's Hope. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Oh, OK. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's another series of science fiction novels. Um, basically, it's, it's Captain Hornblower in space. <laughs> Felicio Hornblower. <laughs> that Picard. The, the uh, protagonist is um, Nicholas Seafolt. Um, he starts off as a young, uh, sort of, a young shipment in the was it United Nations uh, interplanetary force even though the author was American he's ha- he has a very strong interest in the Royal Navy sort of from about sort of the 18th century onwards okay. and so the Hornblower yeah, Hornblow novels is where he's drawn his um, inspiration from ah. and it follows his progress you know, sort of as he goes up you know, goes up the ranks in, yep. in the uh, sort of United Nations uh, sort of space force the actual character of Nicholas Seafall to me and I say is a very capable captain but he's, he's very prone to self-doubt and sort of, well I would say sort of self-flagellation so to speak <laughs> I mean he always believes I mean he's, he's a very religious person and he's always been played by self-doubt or am I right for the role am I am I the right person to be captain so it's been about 10 years since I've read them so I, I think, think it's, oh, you've I, read them already I've, I've read a couple I can mm, remember them yeah so, so you do have to keep sort of plugging away at them because I mean the plot can be very, sort of very convoluted at time but it is worth it mm-hmm, okay myself I've been mostly watching things reading wise after watching The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix I've turned and read the book oh yeah oh the book it's good, very atmospheric, but personally, I prefer what I of the TV series. It's interesting to see a few lines, few lines and phrases that co-op up in the series are lifted directly from the book. I'm sure. Is this the uh, series you were telling us about? You know, sort of, while the action's going on in the foreground, yeah. there's sinister happenings going on in the background. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There, yes. This is it. This is it. I was interested to explore the book, and I'm glad I did. But of the two, I prefer the TV series. Okay, interesting. No disrespect to the vital of the book but yeah it's usually the other way around yeah uh, yeah. yeah also i have been re- watching a hell of a lot on netflix because they recently opened up their new season I'm well right. behind. <laughs> so i've got to i've got to be very quick with this i recommend russian doll which mm-hmm. is a take on the groundhog day yeah not so much the ending the ending was to my mind was a little bit of disappointment but it was fun getting there. Okay. So I recommend the series. Yep. Also, Umbrella Academy, which is based on a set of graphic novels. The graphic novels have been three albums. They've only released the first series. Hopefully they'll go on to produce the others. It's a damn good story, good music, action adventure, and ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, again. So you, yeah, <laughs> so you, you know what's going to happen. They solve everything, but it does end on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and I want them to continue doing the other two books. Okay, well, we're seeing. Um, what's the other oh yes the other one is caught it last night I burned through it in a day it's love and death and robots (laughs) it's first season is uh, 18 episodes the episodes themselves range from only 6 minutes Mm -hmm. to the longest being 20 minutes Mm. they are all variously animated in different ways and different styles okay and the only connection between all of them is love and death Mm. and robots (laughs) okay so watch it i recommend them all watch them okay yeah i'm so behind on everything netflix one thing i have caught on netflix in this country at least is std oh yes caught that apart from the last one i haven't seen the latest episode yet it's good yeah interesting where they're going this season Mm -hmm. i do like pike they've got an actor who actually looks like jeffrey hunter as well a bit yeah yeah Mm. he's a lot better in this than he was in um what was that dreadful inhumans Inhumans. yeah Yeah. oh dear he's got a chance to shine here yeah or beardy weirdy spock has finally turned up they they drew that out for a long time yes yeah beardy weirdy spock yeah yeah he he is bearded and he's not the goatee 
beard. It's a full, full beard. Oh, blimey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not the Mirror Universe box? No, no. Mm-hmm. no this is well, my I don't think so. Ah. Yeah, interesting where they take that. Some time travel shenanigans, apparently, again. Yes. How I, that's going to coincide with Picard or whatever else they might mm-hmm. be doing, I don't know. I, I have my theories, but I don't want to spoil anything mm, for you. Okay. And generally quite good, although they brought back a character who was killed off last season, mm. seemingly for no reason other than the people like him. Mm. Ah. Yeah, that, I don't I, know where that's going. It just seems to be mm. we like the characters bringing back from the dead. Yeah, well, that's great. They got a little bit of mileage out of it, but not really enough. Feel. Yeah, but I, I, I know what you mean, and I understand where you're coming from. But yeah, a minor, a minor complaint really. The best thing about it is they've toned down a lot of the Klingon stuff. Yeah, which I didn't think they did a great job of last season. No, particularly. Um, I think there's so far there's only been one Klingon episode yeah. this season, whereas last season there was about yeah. twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that got tiresome very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> particularly given they subtitled half it oh good grief yeah. yeah the less said about the subtitles the better yeah. Yeah. we can't be that far from the end of the season by now how many are we in I don't know we're well over halfway we're we're nine ten I don't know anyway quite good we'll see where it goes TV wise kind of I saw the Macra Terror oh Ooh. yes went to the BFI to see that I have a copy of the DVD some couple of weeks early too there Sad yeah, rack and rack and yeah. <laughs> normally yeah. you have a choice do you want the DVD or the Blu-ray yeah I didn't give a choice this time so I got, I've got the DVD I would rather have the Blu-ray oh but yeah never mind <laughs> if you don't want it you can give it away as a Christmas <laughs> I might well, still buy the Blu-ray yeah. um, I'll have the DVD because it matches all, all my other sort of Who DVDs <laughs> <laughs> that's true the animation is again a step up mm-hmm. yeah Reminds me a lot of Archer. Oh, yes. If you've ever seen Archer, yes. the animation in that. Yeah. It looks virtually identical, mm. which is quite high quality, given it's done fairly quickly on a relatively small budget. It's really good. And the Q&As were quite interesting. Had um, had Polly. Annika Wills. Annika Wills, thank you, yeah. And the director was there, even. Ooh. I was amazed he was still alive, frankly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And they had, oddly, there's a scene with the Majorettes. Yeah. And that one, the Majorettes. Q&A. She seemed a bit bemused by why she was there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun. Uh, also, TV, a weird one to bring up for this podcast, but I've been watching Endeavour catching up the last season. Oh, yeah. Ah. yeah. Particularly the last episode I saw was uh, a pastiche of a murder happening on the names shaved off to protect the innocent of uh, Jerry Anderson uh, film <laughs> set. <laughs> so they got Jerry Anderson style puppets. And oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing like that. And they've got a character who's clearly Jerry Anderson and his wife, <laughs> clearly Sylvia. And quite fun the way they played around with that. Not Jerry Anderson, but it <laughs> It really yeah. was. Yeah. That was quite good fun. Now, a uh, quick question about Endeavour. Is it following the same um, same format as uh, Lewis and the, not having as many, having the same amounts of episodes as Morse and uh, Lewis? I don't know. Um, probably they, they're they up to 28, 27, 28 episodes mm. now, so they might just do one more mm. final yeah. season to bring it up to 31, mm. which is where Morse finished and Lewis finished. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I really enjoy that, but it's not normally something you bring yeah. up here but the Jerry yeah, Anderson the, thing the Jerry, I'll, yeah. I'll allow it due yeah. to Jerry Anderson <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, book wise just finished The Seventh Rivers of London oh. Lies Sleeping yes another good one they bring things to a head a bit mm. we, we get a bit of a conclusion maybe to the, the, the major arc's been happening mm. yeah but it's continuing yeah, I've, I've read that one yes. way, yeah glad he's not stringing it out forever <laughs> Ronovich but yeah as ever I recommend that series to anybody yes and that's probably about it lots of YouTube yeah. lots of reaction stuff mm. a lot of people yes. coming out to the 50th anniversary right now and, yes and uh, Matt Smith era in general and yeah good, good times yeah. good times we've all been listening to audio plays haven't we we have beep beep and what was that beeping? Yes. Right. <laughs> no reversing. Yeah. Agree or disagree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have we been listening to, Uncle Quambly? We've been listening to Big Finish, an, an, an earthly child. An earthly child. I had to correct myself there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Relative Dimensions. Mm-hmm. Now... Earthly Child, I think, was a, a subscription only. So if you subscribed to the Big Finish main range, you would have got this free. Ooh. Okay. So mm-hmm. tricky for most people. Tricky to... for... Uh, <laughs> Good after, <one> to choose. <laughs> yeah, after choosing this, a sudden, we suddenly realised that not everyone out there will be able to hear it. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Yeah. Tell you all about it anyway. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler music, spoiler music. Sha-la-la-la-la. The Paul McGann. Yep. Yes. Both the Paul McGann. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Not with Lucy Miller. Yep. Not the first one, anyway. The first one is sort of spliced between season three of Lucy Miller 
Miller and season four of Lucy Miller. So therefore, during that period, she's not actually travelling with the Doctor. Mm. OK. But Susan is. Sort of. Kind of. The Doctor gets a message from Susan Campbell. Yes. She now is. yes. Mm-hmm. Please help us. Mm-hmm. Earth is dying. Well, yeah. well, it's 30 years after the events of Dalek Invasion 2150, sir. I think it's 20, isn't it? It's 30 years after the invasion. The invasion was 10 years. Yeah, after the end of the invasion. But yeah. Anyway, uh, the well, Daleks yeah. are no longer there. Nope. Yep. And the Earth does seem to be backsliding slightly. Yeah, they said... It's in need of help. Tech had been knocked mm, back 200 yeah. years. Yeah. They haven't got much in the way of aircraft. They've got a helicopter. Yeah. Only the president's no, got the a president's helicopter. the president's got a helicopter. helicopter. Uh, yeah. Yes. And there's a bit of an anti-tech movement going on, too. Yeah. Anti-tech, anti-alien. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's all very, yeah, it's all very xenophobic. Yeah. yeah. Earth United. Yes. Yeah. Susan Campbell's son, Alex, is all tied in with this mm. anti-alien yes. sentiment. Earth United, they want him to be their poster boy, so to speak. Mm. Well, yeah, the poster boy at some cases, maybe even martyr, yeah. considering oh, yeah. what happened. Mm, that's true, yeah. And of course, he's the great-grandson of the Doctor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Makes Doctor feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's half-alien himself, but doesn't he, know he it. He doesn't know it, no. Uh, is he half-alien half, or is he half less than half? But there he had, There's some alien in him somewhere. Yeah. For now. <laughs> there's an, no, there's only about sort of 7% Gallifrey well, DNA in him. That's what they said. Yeah. I don't know quite mm. what they're going for there. Mm. Yeah. Is that a thing with... Because the Doctor's... Maybe half human in the Eighth Doctor form. I don't know. Yeah. It, well, yeah. his Gallifrey DNA has been watered down somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, uh, well, don't get into that. <laughs> it, no, I think that's a silly throwaway thing. It's very well done. I thought it, the the way they built the world. Yeah, a logical and believable extension of where things were left at the end of Dark Invasion of Earth. Mm. Yes, and there's an alien race trying to sort of offer help. Oh, At a cost, of course. Called Dressy or something. Yeah. They, they may be organic, but they seem to be very mechanical and rigid in their outlook. Mm. Agree or disagree? Disagree, yes. Yeah. There's some weird stuff about them being conceptual beings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Not yeah. quite real. Yeah. <laughs> a thought brought into life. Whose thought? Quite where that goes, I don't know. Maybe I missed that bit. <laughs> they are very rigid and uh, have to have documentation filled out in triplicate, it seems mm. like, before they will proceed with any- mm. anything. Yes, buried, yeah. dug up recycled as fire lighters yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um but also aren't quite what they appear to be no they're not the um avenging not avenging uh saving yeah not saviors that they're not not as altruistic as they appear to be yeah Yeah, as doctor says the first ones on the scene always the vultures yes (laughs) yeah well they weren't weren't really scavengers as such i mean they were willing to offer earth you know sort of a a help at a cost at a cost and the cost Mm. was slavery yeah it was virtual slavery with uh, having having their weapons factories installed so Mm. there would be work for all Mm. but there'd be building you know you don't know what the conditions of that work would be the cost of that work would be the doctor certainly seemed rather dismissive mm, of them and yes yeah, wary. the impression i got was um all right so we'll help you as long as we can put our weapons bases yeah. on your planet yeah. yeah making you a target mm, yeah so, maybe yeah whereas there's another race is it right at the end of this one or the beginning of the next one i think it's the beginning of the next one where the doctor set up something with somebody who really does want a yeah, more equal yeah, trade yeah, genuine yeah. traders yeah. Rather yeah. Than, yeah rather than exploitation yeah yeah no on the whole i, I thought this was was a, a very good book a book very good audio overall there were certain twists and turns into it which i don't want to spoil (laughs) and also for me obviously it wasn't intended at the time but i think there's a reflection in current political climates yeah aliens out yes (laughs) protect the borders yeah yeah which doesn't actually paint us in a good light (laughs) no but in this it appears to be all of earth yeah not as britain (laughs) no not as britain but the whole the whole of earth is an injured party yeah well that's it after, you know, after almost being obliterated by yeah. daleks i mean you can understand sort of uh, anti-extraterrestrial sentiments yeah. yeah anyway we don't want to get into that side of it <laughs> uh, no no it's quite interesting that susan has become quite a powerful figure yeah yeah her husband what's his name again david david is dead yeah mm. david yeah. david is no longer with us dead david yes david is dead david is dead <laughs> dave uh, oh god he's gone again <laughs> <laughs> don't know why i don't think it was ever explained what no happened to no him. It, it's not integral to the story so it isn't mentioned so no. killed by sliver yeah well apparently <laughs> there, there was a few out and about it depends what escaped 
giant clam maybe mm. <laughs> giant crabs <laughs> and we also have relative dimensions yes yeah which is something of a, a, a sequel it's a semi-sequel but Christmassy it's more, one it's, yeah, yeah Christ- it's more Christmas on the TARDIS more humorous I think than uh, yeah. unearthly uh, an earthly child mm. and yeah. there's a giant fish loose in the TARDIS exactly mm. yes <laughs> is that the first time in Doctor we've had the concept of old rooms being archived um Presumably this is before Doctor's wife. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, although here is the Doctor who is deliberately archiving them. Yeah. Whereas in uh, Doctor's wife, it was a TARDIS, TARDIS who was doing it without yeah. Doctor's knowledge. But yeah. Taking copies of all 47 console rooms. Mm. Yeah, was it? I thought it was 30. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. Again, Susan's room is archived, but as it's Christmas and he's invited them aboard the TARDIS for a Christmas lunch. Oh, yes, he's tied a ribbon around it. Yeah. Mm, he, yes. he reactivates that, mm. that particular room. I did wonder if I'd missed something in between because how did the doctor contact them and arrange and also the fact that in the first story uh, his great-grandson Alex was very wary of the doctor thought yeah. he was a nut job yeah then when he found out he was actually an alien he actually Freaked. gave him up to yeah. the authorities yeah but here there's none of that no hmm. I don't think there is no I've I I seen here in the TARDIS wiki thing yeah there's nothing in between which is a bit weird because also at the end the world knows that Susan is half alien I think, I think certainly is, that yeah. she was was um, complicit in Gould Ressy coming to Earth yeah. and threatening them and all that. Given that sentiment of the time, she must have been under tremendous it, threat. One, it depends... None of that was t- touched yeah. upon the second. One, it depends how far forward this is set... Yeah. Two, you are told that the Doctor has been sending genuine aliens, if that's the right word, or genuine <laughs> traders in their direction. Yeah, so that's true. attitude may have changed slightly. But yeah, they don't really dwell on that at no, all in this. No, the, the, this... As Much a, this, happier families. This doesn't link into the story because I said it's meant to be a more Christmas, yeah. happier, slightly off-kilter, upbeat story. Yeah. I do have a complaint. I didn't notice it so much in the first one, but the second one, um, Paul McGann's son, who, who does the acting for Alex, his acting is a not Isn't, great. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not the... Um, Particularly in the second one, he, he doesn't do the, the jolly stuff yeah. quite as well as he does the uh, he's more not angsty the most, teenager most, stuff. I, I don't know whether he's taken it up as a profession. I haven't seen him in anything else or heard him in anything else. And listening to behind-the-scenes bits on one of them, he is still at Bristol Uni. Or was during the recording. He was during the first yeah. one. So, yeah. yeah. I think he appears towards the end of the fourth season and they discreetly get rid of him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of a shame. I was never convinced that Caroline Ford was that great an actor either. But then you hear her here and you think, actually, she is really good. Yeah. It's just that she was given really dreadful stuff to was, do back yeah. in the 60s, which was, is why she left. Yeah, so <laughs> if, you, if you listen to her talk, as we did the other weekend, it yeah. wasn't the, the brief she was given from the character was vastly different from what she was actually given to do yeah scream a lot and twist your ankle and generally be in peril yeah whereas here it's not at all the case which is good well as i say in, much more even in, in control yeah even in an earthly child uh in in and an, <laughs> and i'll get it right a minute in an earthly child yeah i apologize right. readers <laughs> or listeners She's much more in control. She's much more yeah. assertive. As you'd She's expect, given who she is, and they talk about the birthright. Yeah. You would expect them to be like that. Yeah. But yeah. she has never got to play out in the, the yeah. TV. I find, I find it surprising that uh, Paul McGann's doctor was going to leave the TARDIS to his great-grandson. I mean, don't know how that would have worked, because mm, yeah. he would have outlived his own grandson massively. Mm. I would agree, yeah. <laughs> well, mm. again, I think it's he was expecting the grandson to inherit more Gallifreyan traits than he actually yeah. had. Maybe, but even in the first one, he asks Susan about it and she says he can't regenerate. I don't know how she knows that. So, yeah, his lifespan is presumably going to be a hundred, couple hundred years, or even extended a bit. Nothing compared to the Doctor, who's Mm. spent thousands of years already doing God knows what. I think it's a form of wishful thinking, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, This second one, I I didn't think was anything like as good as the first one, unfortunately. It was a bit of a romp. It is is what it is. It was just a a throwaway romp. I think of anything more it's a place filler before they actually get into the main story arc which comes on a couple of episodes later oh, okay so it's just a quick cheerful place plus i think it was originally released around christmas yeah doesn't quite have the same oomph as um chimes of midnight but 
No, which was no, the last, no, no. Chris, the last specific Christmas one. Also, things like what's the one with Biggins? Oh, the One Doctor. The One Doctor, yeah, yeah. Which is another Christmassy. That was a, a Banto vein pantomime one. Yeah, which was great. It's not quite so. No, good. it's it is as I said before. It is what it, it is. It's a it's a light piece of fluff. You know, nothing particularly major goes on in it. Um, it's a shame if as that's the one which is easily available. Yeah. Whereas an earthly child. Yeah. It's a far better story. How can he say it correctly without any? Fu- I'm- <laughs> an earthly child. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. It should have been the other way around. It should. Yeah. It really should have been the other way around. Yeah. There we go. Should we hear what Gina say about it? What yeah. does Gene have to say? Lay it on us, Gene. Hi, it's Gene again. Captain Marvel, the film. We don't want to hear about that again. No, no. we've had that one. Go away, Jean. I thought she was going to be very upset with it, the way she said it. Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Hello, Staggering Stories listeners. This is Jean. Again? Um, wow. I'm not sure what probably has befallen me according to the introduction, but unfortunately <laughs> I wasn't able to make the uh, podcast tonight. So I am sending my thoughts on an Earthly Child <laughs> by audio. You can say it perfectly all right. Big Finishes, An Earthly Child. I really enjoyed this story. Yeah. It was lovely to have Susan back into a story and it was one of the first times that we had seen the effect of someone after they had left the Doctor. We'd all, we caught up. Obviously the fact that it's the Doctor's granddaughter is an added bonus to it and I'm pleased they got the same actress back. They didn't take the easy route out and say oh you know it's x amount of years on and it's easier to recast i also like the fact that the doctor's great grandson was played by paul mcgann's son which added a nice bit of connection when you hear it you can hear some of that in their voices that they are comfortable with each other mm. it's an interesting story catching up not only with the the doctor's granddaughter but the after effects of the dalek invasion of earth and how society is coping with that the only thing i would say with it was it isn't long enough to investigate and explore both the aspects of the outfall of the dalek invasion and the relationship between doctor and susan and doctor and his grandson Mm. and resolve the whole reason why he's been called back called there by susan and you know save the planet from the bad guys again it would have been nice if it had been a bit longer it did feel a little bit hurried at the end but not to the point where it was a distraction or spoilt it personally this is up there as one of the ones i quite happy to go back to there are certain big finished stories where i sort of go yeah that was fine don't particularly want to listen to it again in a hurry (laughs) this one i quite enjoy listening to it again I'd, i'd heard it about a year or so ago. So when I listened to it for this review, it wasn't an onus trot chore. It was kind of, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from the fact I love Paul McGann's voice <laughs> and his doctor is an added bonus. I would say if you haven't had an opportunity to, to listen to this, um, I obviously have no idea what my, my fellow staggerers feel of it. Um, but I, for one, would certainly recommend this is one to have on the car for a short journey or on your headphones to have a listen to. Thank you. That yeah. ends the review of An Unearthly Child by Gene Riddler. Unearthly. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you're all doing it deliberately. You've been practising in the mirror before I get here. Well, there we go. What more can we say? Yeah. Mm, yes. Covers all the bases. Mm, certainly does. Pretty much. Mm. Do we have any letters? We have no feedback at all. Oh! I don't Check, nothing's coming in the last oh, hour. Oh, dear. Oh. Dear listeners, please send us feedback. Perhaps they don't know who to write to. We'll be pathetically grateful for any. <laughs> feedback too. <laughs> <laughs> All donations welcome. Yes. <laughs> so if you have any feedback... Please send it to show at... Oh, going that way round. Okay, sorry. <laughs> send it to show at staggeringstories.net. I've got double vision. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Yes, oh. we have two of them. He's gla- multiplied. Glaring yeah. at us. Split. It's the head of Pertwee is like an amoeba. It's split. <laughs> 
Anyway, after three, one, two, three. Hello, Head of, of Pertwee. Hello, Graham. Hello, Grunhilda. Grunhilda. Hello, uh, born the topless female garden gnome. Wataka. Wataka. Terence. Yep. Terence, yes. Say hello fascist, to Terence. Fascist Spock. Yep, yep. Dangerous Churchill. And numerous Funkos. Yeah, they're growing. It's yeah, the dead all... eyes that look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Just got this row of dead eyes. <laughs> well, is there anything else? No, I think there is. It's probably it. Yes, just for me to lead us all out. Lead us out, crumbling to the barn, Gen- <laughs> gently by the hand, drooling. My mental train went completely off the rails there. Just seeing Keith going. <laughs> it's normal Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another Staggering Stories podcast. Thank God. <laughs> but never fear, in the next one, there'll be more of the same. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news, who's and reviews. So until that... G. Gargantuan. Jalopy. That's shy. I know. It sounds like G. I just like looking... I just like seeing the sudden look of confusion go over your face. (laughs) 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 Ginormous. Gobot. Gobot. Of grandeur. Come... Glumphing. Go <laughs> Gracefully towards us. No. <laughs> this is me, Crumbly, saying, Be seeing you. Goodbye. Oh, bye-bye. Where is everybody? You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 311, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, and Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. The third man. The third man. Ding 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 we do jeans bit at the end this time so she doesn't get to <laughs> hog all the glory. Yeah, dominate it twice. <laughs> Damn her.